hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And g'day, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever the heck it is for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It's great to have your company once again on Your Tech Life. This is episode 316. Uh, and we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and your Arlo range of smart home security cameras. Tell you more about them shortly, but lots of uh, lots of stuff to talk about. I'm going to give you investment advice on this show. That is right, people. Technology and investment are meeting here on Your Tech Life. Um, it's a good little story, actually, and it's a great little app, and um, hopefully it will prove useful to you. We'll, uh, we'll soon find out, obviously. Maybe we should all, um, all, all get together again in 10 years and determine whether or not episode 316 changed your life. I don't know. A um, little bit of a problem with the Telstra network today. <laughs> Recording on Tuesday. Um, I think it's the 9th of Feb. Uh, not a great day. Not a great day for Telstra. Tell you about that again soon in a minute, too. Um, and talk about Lego. You're thinking again, hey, investment, what's that got to do with technology? Lego, what the hell's that got to do with technology? What the heck is going on with this show? Trust me, people, I can make anything about technology, all right? Um, so we will talk Lego uh, on the show as well. Plus, I have an unprecedented mobile deal that I've stumbled across today, which you have to know about. Only so that you knew about it, you may not take it up, but you, you have to know and say you, you can't say you'd, I didn't tell you so. I did tell you so, and it's, it, I'll tell you about it shortly. Uh, plus your calls on anything from Apple support, um, Microsoft Office. It's, it's all there. We've got a bunch. We've got a bunch to talk about, and um, we're going to do it all here over the next uh, little bit of time, half an hour, 45 minutes. We'll see how we go on this episode of Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So let's get straight to the point here. If you're a Telstra customer, great news, good news, um, Good news, bad news, right? So bad news, your, your phone didn't work for three hours today or more. Good news, this Sunday, smash it. Use your phone all you like. Free data on Sunday. Free data. Um, that's a good thing, right? That's that's a great thing. Um, so the, the official statement from Telstra, let, let me, I'm going to read it all to you because it comes from, um, from a, a, a very respected person at Telstra. Telstra, Kate McKenzie, the the operations chief operations officer. Um, She says, earlier today, we experienced an outage on our mobile network that impacted voice and data service for some customers. Read most of them. Um, I want to let you know what occurred, what we did to fix it, and what we're doing as a result, which is, to be honest, just PR 101. Well done, Telstra. First, let me say, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Our mobile network is set up with a number of major connection points. They call them nodes around the country, which our customers connect to. These nodes are the equipment that essentially manage the flow of voice and data traffic across our mobile network. The outage was triggered when one of these nodes experienced a technical fault and was taken offline to fix. This normally wouldn't impact services as we have processes in place to make sure any customers currently connected to a node are transferred to another node before it's taken offline. Unfortunately, on this occasion, the right procedures were not followed and this resulted in customers being disconnected and consequently heavy congestion on other nodes as customers attempted to reconnect to the network. As soon as we identified what had occurred, we worked to address the fault 
and take action to bring customers back online as quickly as possible. Uh, they prioritised voice, uh, and then they were back online, they added data, uh, and while the outage was short in duration, three hours is massive. Um, we fully realised the impact it had on our customers, which is why we're offering free data all this Sunday to Telstra mobile customers. You don't need to do anything to receive the data. It will happen automatically for all Telstra mobile customers. And she says, I apologise again on behalf of the company. Thank everyone for their patience while we restored services. Uh, the other thing she went on to say in, a, in an interview, in a, in a press conference, was it was human error. It was absolutely 100% one person that made the mistake. How would that person feel right now? You'd be head in hands. And let me say this to you, if you are a listener of this podcast, I feel for you. And I certainly am confident that no um, ramifications will occur in terms of your employment as a result. I've got no doubt it'll be on your record. <laughs> um, but Telstra need to learn from this. Telstra need to learn that to put more procedures in place. They need to learn to better train and, and um, advise their, their staff of how to work around these incidents should they occur. So everyone learns from these things. We all learn how much we love the internet as well. Jeez, didn't Twitter go off? I mean, three hours in the middle of the day, what are you, not able to Instagram a photo of your lunch? What are you, filthy that because you had a day off, you couldn't tell your friends you were at the beach? It's not the end of the world, everyone. Weren't Vodafone and Optus customers yahooing at the time, though? And also, speaking of which, could you imagine the feeling in the in the Vodafone boardroom? They would have convened a special board meeting just to drink champagne. I mean, for them to ex have experienced what they went through years ago, um, to just get three hours of joy out of <laughs> Telstra's pain would have been quite funny, I've got to be honest. Um, but it's all over now. It's all fixed. You're all back online. It's not the end of the world. If you think it's the end of the world, I think you've got massive problems. But um, but certainly, and the other thing to point out is that during that time, and, and you may have noticed that your phone switched to SOS mode um, if you didn't have Telstra service. And I want to make this clear. If your phone is ever in SOS mode, uh, as in this case through technical fault or just because you're out of range, you can still call emergency services. Now, you'll notice this if you're a customer of Vodafone or Optus and you're in the country. Your phone doesn't regularly say no signal because Telstra does have pretty good network coverage in the rural areas. Um, what, what happens if you dial triple zero or in the worst case, if triple zero fails and you do have SOS only coverage, one, one, two is for some old phones that don't work with triple O, but I'm pretty confident all smartphones and the like will, will understand triple O. Triple O or one, one, two, the emergency numbers will automatically route your call through another mobile network. You won't know about it. You won't need to know. But that's what SOS only means. It means you can't make, you can't ring your mum, but you can ring triple zero. So you, if you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no mobile towers, of course it doesn't work. But if you are standing next to a Telstra tower and you're a Vodafone customer and they don't have a, a Vodafone tower for 100 million kilometres, your phone will make emergency calls. Okay? So it's a good thing to know and remember. Um, but... In this case, probably unlikely a major issue for most people. Anyway, love to know how it impacted you. Tweet me. Uh, let me know how the Telstra, the great outage of 2016, we shall call it, how that impacted on you. Hey, you poor thing. You poor darling. Will you be okay? All right, you be okay? <laughs> it's funny. I loved watching the tweets. It was fun. <laughs> 
Well, here's one for parents. Um, I received a box uh, during the week from Lego, and it had inside it a little thing called Nexo Knights. Now, it had a DVD with a TV show with this thing, and there's an app called Lego Nexo Knights Murloc 2.0. My son apparently already knew about it. Um, I didn't let them open it. I opened it. I built the Lego. Yeah, man. I built the Lego. It was cool. Um, so here's how it works. You get these little characters. Now, I'm flicking through the release they sent me, and I'm looking at the boxes. They're about 16 bucks for a character, and they come with you know, a few shields and things around them. But you build a character, and then you're playing the game, and you press a button, and... You can bring that character that you own, that you built, that you have sitting next to you, you can bring them into the game. So very much like Skylanders, uh, Disney Infinity, those kind of immersive toy-based games, uh, now available on your iPhone or Android phone. So what it does is it uses the camera on your smartphone to, to look at the shield that the little Lego man's holding. It doesn't actually, you could build nothing, you could just point the shield in front of it, it will work, spoiler alert, but... You build the shield, you build the play, you put the shield on and you, you use the camera of the smartphone to, to see the player in the shield and it will then bring that superpower, that Nexo power, into the game for you. So, very easy to do. Um, so yeah, it's a very cool little thing. There are a bunch of things you can buy as a parent. Trust me, you'll get it over one bite. There's, uh, there's, there's um, uh, like weapons. You can get it for like 13 bucks. There are other kits that are, you know, 35 bucks. There's a 50, 60, 90 dollar. There's even a wow, $140 Fortrex. Oh, that looks cool. Um, plus, there's these $16 characters. So, heaps of stuff to invest in over the course of a year as your kids get rewarded for things. Uh, they're called Nexo Knights. And um, if you want to see more about them, uh, you can check them out at. Uh, at uh, my website, I'll, I'm putting some details up. I haven't published it yet, but uh, within the next few days, you will see um, the uh, the details of the Nexo Knights up at eftm.com.au. We do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, the Arlo Smart Security System. Uh, you can get them with two HD cameras. You can even buy extra cameras. Uh, Bowen and I have both got a couple of these cameras at home. Bowen just bought some extra cameras for his house. Um, Arlo are fantastic. Stay connected to what matters. Keep track of the people and places you care about most in brilliant HD. Provides live viewing from your smartphone, sends notification alerts straight to you when motion is detected. Place Arlo cameras in hard-to-reach places, indoors, outdoors, to watch over your home from anywhere. 100% wire-free, so no cords, no PowerPoints needed. Nowhere's out of limit. Um, it's weatherproof, so no dramas for having them outside where it might rain. And, of course, it's got night vision built in. So even in total darkness, you can see what's happening around your home. Search arlo.com slash au for more details of the Arlo security system from Netgear. Arlo, A-R-L-O. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, you've got a problem with technology in your life, whatever it might be, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Margaret. Hi, Trevor. What can I do for you? Um, Trevor, with, um, I want to download my personal um, through, uh, Microsoft Office thing. Do hmm. I need to really put in my exact birth date? So you, you, you've subscribed to Office 365. Is that what you want to do? Yes, I've already bought that one, yes. Yep, yep. And you're, during the setup, they want all your details. Is that right? That's right. 
So what you're thinking is is wise. You you should protect your birth date with great vigor because it's a it's a key to your identity, as you know. You know when the bank rings you, how do they verify who you are? Your birth date and your name and those kind of things. So normally I would say absolutely protected, but here's the reason to hand over your birth date. One, it's Microsoft. They're a big enough company that I have a great trust. You know so. Let's put it this way. If if your birth date gets out, millions and millions of others are going to as well. They're going to be protecting that a lot stronger than the average little Joe Blow, you know, corner store style style online site with your birth date. The second, right. the second reason is, and probably more importantly, if something happens to your account, your computer, and you forget the password or anything like that, how are they going to prove who you are? Uh so your birth date is going to be one of those factors. So with those two thoughts in mind, I, I do think it's okay to, to put your birth date into this one. Now, the only alternative here is to have a, a dummy date. <laughs> right. So basically, um, what I've done in the past is chosen, say, 1st of January on my birth year. Uh, the problem is you've got to remember where you use that dummy date and where you don't. Exactly. So it's all right. Like if I was telling my kids today, you know, when you, whenever you sign up to something, never, ever, ever give your birth date, always put down the 1st of January in your birth year. So then they'll always know that's how they did it. But when it's a bank and those kind of things where you've got to prove ID, obviously you put down the real one. So yes. the risk in putting down the wrong one is when you go to try and recover your password and they say, what's your, what's your maiden name? What's your date of birth? You put in your real date of birth and it says it's wrong. You put in your, your dummy date of birth, it says it's wrong. Maybe you don't get a second choice. Exactly. Yeah. So it's okay to do that with the Microsoft. It is. I think you're doing a very, very good thing by being um, by being safe about it, but I think it's okay to do. Right. And also, Trevor, um, <clears throat> twice now my computer's been sent back uh, to be fixed. Yeah. Um, and the second time, they, anyway, whatever was done. But <laughs> with my uh, Wi-Fi, I get a message up to say that it's a public Wi-Fi and then another message will pop up and say, Wi-Fi at risk. Now, I've got the, I can't really pronounce it properly, Kaspersky. Yes, Kaspersky. Yeah, yes, um, protection on it. Now, do you have any idea why to be blocking up saying it's a public Wi-Fi and... Do you need to put a password in to connect to your Wi-Fi? Uh, no, uh, only when it's... Uh, not each time I go on to the No, internet. but the first time, so... The first time, yes. Well, then it's not public. I mean, it's as simple as that. There's there's two types of Wi-Fi. There's Public is normally open, so you don't need a password. You just need to agree to something. And uh, private is, is requiring a password. Now, it could be that when you first connected to, um, to that Wi-Fi network, Windows will say to you, are you on a public or a private network? And you might have chosen public then just to get rid of the message. All that really does is make available things on your computer to anyone else connected to that computer, to that network. But you don't have anyone else connected to your network because it's password protected. So I I can't be 100% sure without seeing it, but as long as you have a password on your Wi-Fi, then I feel comfortable that you are safe. So the way to test that is to get a friend or, or your smartphone or something else Try and connect it to your Wi-Fi and make sure that it asks for a password. Okay. All right. right. Um, 
And Trevor, mm. yesterday, it's strange, and I forgot to put this in the email, I'm sorry, um, but a CyberLink photo director popped up and it installed itself. Oh, wow. I'm not liking what I'm hearing here at all. Me either. And I, I kept thinking, CyberLink, CyberLink, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't Kaspersky have protected me from that? Uh, yes. I think, well, it depends, okay? It depends where it came from. What Do we want a website at the time? Um, oh, golly, I can't exactly remember. Mm. No, I, I wasn't. I, it, you were just sitting on your computer and it just came up. Mm, I was actually playing cards. Mm. Where were you playing cards? Um, I, it, like solitaire I, I, or on a website? No, no, not on a website, just on, on the um, computer. I haven't signed into any Microsoft apps or anything. It's not, but it is, is it the card game that came with the computer or is it one you might have got somewhere? No, it was with the computer. Okay, so it was Solitaire or one of those Microsoft y- ones? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, look, I can't say for sure how that happened. A quick Google doesn't give me great concern over Photo Director CyberLink, but... Um, but obviously, you need to be cautious. So I would take the precaution now of just running a full scan of your computer with Kaspersky, do a full update of Kaspersky, and just make sure that it gives you a clean bill of health. And if it does, then that's about as good as you can be doing in life, really. Okay. So so what is this thing that can just get all your information, can it? What, what do you mean? This CyberLink. Well, I, I don't see any evidence that it's, a, that it's an issue. It feels like maybe you were on a website earlier or there might have been some other... I can't explain why it happened because I wasn't sitting there at the time. What I would keep an eye out for is other erroneous downloads, okay? Okay. So if something else happens... Does anyone else use your computer? No, yeah. not at all. So worthwhile... You know what the other thing it is to do here? You sound very, very wise. You sound like you're very uh, taking all the right precautions, which is excellent. So the other thing I'd encourage you to do now is just go through and all your passwords, change them. Um, okay. It's it's not because I fear that you've, something's happened, but because you're in the right frame of mind to know why you want to do it. So go and change your email, your Facebook, whatever other accounts you've got, change those passwords. Um, okay. And, and, and that's going to help you with that level of protection. Okay, and uh, yeah, I wonder if I can um, delete this off. Oh, absolutely. The... Go in, go, just type, hit the Windows key and type search for uninstall and uninstall any programs that you don't recognise, in particular the CyberLink one. Okay, I will. I'll do that. Good on you. All right. Well, thank you very, very much, Trevor. My pleasure. Right, we'll keep in touch. If you have any other questions, Margaret, you just get in touch, okay? Thank you so much. It's great to know I got that surety there right. too, and, and it really helps. Good on you. And uh, if you've got a problem or a question or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life like Margaret did, just get on the phone, one eight hundred one five seven one five seven, or go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech life. life with Trevor Long. I know you don't come to me for investment advice. That's why I don't talk about finance. But when finance and investment merges itself with technology, I get interested. Now, I'm going to say right from the start, uh, I have absolutely no idea what goes on in the world of finance. I have absolutely no idea about the stock market. I think it's a complete G up, the whole thing. I don't make any heads nor tails of it. And that's why I don't have any shares other than the ones that have been forced upon me by companies going public and me having an involvement in them. That's about as much as it goes. So the idea of investing for your future 
is one I understand. I get it. I understand super's great for that, but it's also locked away for, you know, life until you need it at the very end of your life. And it doesn't really give you that growth in, in terms of where you're going in life. So there's this little idea that actually was suggested to me, oh, it's got to be six, eight months ago, but finally it's coming to Australia. And I think we have to talk about it because it is a very cool tech idea. It is a very cool investment idea. And George Lucas from Acorn is on the line now. G'day, George. Hi, Trevor. Mate, that's me in a nutshell, right? I got nothing. I don't, I don't get it. I don't try and understand it. And also, I think, and I'm not being derogatory or anything, I just think like most people, I don't have enough money to just go, oh, let's buy $10,000 worth of shares. So let's talk about Acorn. As I understand it, the, the basic principle here is that what your app and your service is trying to achieve is the ability for people to say, I just want to take a little bit of everything I do and put it away. So if I go and buy, um, I don't know, $9.75 worth of something and I put it on my FPOS card or credit card, whatever it might be, utilizing your service, that charge is rounded up and that extra 25 cents is put away as an investment. That's that's exactly right, Trevor. And the the idea of the app is that it's a micro-investing platform. So you don't need 10000 or $5,000 to start investing. You can start investing from as little as $5. And it's like a virtual piggy bank. So rather than we rather than where you get your spare coins in your pants and you put them in a jar at the end of the year and you realize that you save quite a lot of money, you can now do it all in the virtual world. And as you, as you mentioned, if you spend $9.75, 25 cents is rounded up and invested into a portfolio of your choice. Now, I've done the jar thing, but what happens is you need five bucks and you go into the jar. So you dip into it. And that's why the jar isn't the best way to put aside money because you dip into it. And secondly, it's not earning you more money, is it? You're just putting it away. So talk to me about Acorns. Um, what's the minimum? I mean, can I just say round everything up five cents or is it 50? Where, where, does, it, where does it start for me as a user? So the minimum is a $5 investment. So that's sure. really the lowest type of you know investment product you could get anywhere in Australia. And Unfortunately, like the jar, you can dip in it at any time and withdraw your money at any time with no fees and costs. But it, it gets people to start thinking about saving and investing and also gets people to understand how markets work. So by putting a little bit of money away, they'll see that their portfolio does go up and down because that's just how mm. markets work. Yep. But in the end, we hope that this constant savings of small amounts of money will eventually um, add up to a large amount of money in whatever goal or time frame they're looking for. So let's say I'm, I'm happy to throw 50 bucks in the tin. Um, I'm going to sign up for Acorns. I'm going to put 50 bucks in. What's the minimum ongoing investment? So wh- what I'm saying is what's the minimum I can round up my purchases? So you, the minimum is still 20 cents or 30 cents, and you just keep rounding up. But we don't actually take the money out until all those roundups end up at $5. Ah, so right, okay. The, the, the app just keeps a track of what's going on, and when all those roundups equal $5, it takes the money out of your funding account and deposits it into the Acorns account. So I, I basically every week or so or every few days, really, when you think about the amount that we spend just in, in general transactions, just extra little bits of money come out of your bank and... Um, you can set it up to, what, withdraw from a card, a debit? Or what sort of card do you set it up against? No, so you set it up to withdraw against your bank account. Yep. 
but you, you can monitor credit cards or debit cards or bank accounts for your spending accounts. When I download the app and install it, what am I seeing um, in terms of how does it know that I'm spending that money? Is it checking my statements? Yes. Yeah, so when you download the app, um, you can give your you give your internet password and um, login, and that's all protected under the e-payment code set up by ASIC. So it's all secure. Um, it doesn't breach the terms of your agreement with the banks, and then it will just read only your bank account statements and see your transactions um, happening. Some people aren't going to be comfortable to do that, and so they can actually use a, a reoccurring deposit setting where they can just say, withdraw you know, $2 a week from my account or $5 a week yeah, from my account. Right. Because, again, that's the, the forced saving that we don't seem to do well, um, and it's the micro level. You don't need to put $25 every pay. You can just put a couple of bucks um, a time, uh, minimum five, and you go through from there. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, and I think we, you know, one of the things which people, you know, can learn from this app is that money is a, li- a little bit like a gas. Whatever in your bank account, you're going to spend, and so by just taking small amounts out on a regular basis, it shouldn't really affect your lifestyle. But you'll start to develop a, a savings pot on the side. Yeah, and what I mean, you've you've been running this service has been running in America for a little while now. How's what what do you see as being the the potential for it in Australia? Well, the potential for it in Australia is fantastic. So we went into beta testing in mid-December, and we've already got 26,000 people signed up for the app. So we're very happy with um, the uptake from it and, it, and the, the, um, you know, the value proposition, I guess, for a want of a better word, um, resonates very well with the Australian public. Yeah. Um, and it's had to say it's just same success in the US, but just on larger numbers because it's a bigger country. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the general principle here is that if you look at this as a long-term thing, that's, that's the critical thing, right? It's, uh, it, you should look at investment and saving as a long-term thing. Um, you know, five bucks a week, right? That's, that, that's, that's not bad money over a very long course of time. And, you know, 250 bucks a year over year on year, and then hopefully there's growth. And, and as you say, you learn a bit about the market, don't you? You see that the market has fluctuations, and that's the thing that scares me most. Yeah, and so people have, and that's one of the things about this app, it's also got this educational quality, and people can get to understand how markets work, and, you know, get a feeling that, you know, markets do fluctuate, and it's not necessarily, you have to get fearful every time they do fluctuate. Well, it's a great idea, I love the simplicity of the concept, I love its educational nature, but I also love its savings nature, because that's something we we pretty much all will admit we struggle to do, so... uh, Acorns is uh, now available in the App Store. Is it iOS and Android or just iOS? It's iOS, Android, and there's also a web app, so it's all three. Perfect. Easy to sign up. Five bucks to get in, and then I guess there's a there's a charge at some point. What's the what's the minimum if you're just a, a small time uh, a player like me? So there's a flat fee of fifteen dollars a year, which is charged at a dollar twenty five a month. And oh, we, right. if you've got a zero account balance or a balance less than you know one dollar, we just don't charge a fee at all. Rightio, I love it. I'm signing up tomorrow. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks for taking the time. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say.
do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. You can find them at garmin.com.au. And, of course, one of their cracking great products is the Vivo Smart HR. Now, 229 Aussie dollars, you'll find it in uh, all good uh, retailers. This is the Smart Activity Tracker with wrist-based heart rate. So sleek band, comfortable to wear all day, and the always-on display shows your stats even in sunlight. So it displays your steps, distance, calories, heart rate, floors, climbed, and activity intensity. You can receive text, calls, emails, calendar, and social media alerts right there on the band. They'll show up on the screen. And, of course, you can control your music and your verb action camera if you've got one from Garmin. All from your wrist. And it would, of course, remind you to stay active with the move bar and vibration alert. With all the Vivo functions you'd expect, helping you set better goals every day for your activity, check out the Vivo Smart HR from Garmin at garmin.com.au. Now, wait. What about this? This is ridiculous. Um, Kogan Mobile. Not a big announcement here. Just stumbled across it doing some research for a story later in the week. Um, but you remember when they launched uh, on the Vodafone network, 3G, cheap calls, uh, $29.90 for th- 3 gig of data, unlimited calls and texts. $36.90 for 5 gig of data, unlimited calls and texts. So it's a 30-day recharge. You know, all that palaver, good deals. You can recharge for longer as well. They've got a, a 70% discount offer. So if you're a current Kogan customer... Um, you can recharge for this amount. If you're a new customer, you'll need to charge this amount plus about 5 bucks for the SIM card. But then it lasts until 31st of March, so it means you'll probably get two recharges in, one now and one in March. $8.95 for 30 days, unlimited calls and texts, and 3 gig of data. $10.95 for unlimited calls and texts for 30 days and 5 gig of data. That's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, it's an incentive to get people to, to try it, and by gosh, you should. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, unbelievable deal. Um, well worth checking. If you're a Kogan customer, recharge now, and then recharge again in a month and get that great deal. If you're not, and you're not on a plan, now's the time to try it. I mean, all you got to do is port your number over, and you get... Imagine that. So, in two months, you could probably save 60 bucks. That's That's... And more than a month's worth of normal usage for some people. So it is a very good offer. And the ongoing offer is still excellent, 20, 30 bucks for 3 gig of data. It's competitive in the market um, and well worth checking out. So there you go, a little surprise there from uh, Ruslan Kogan on the interwebs. You can check it out. I've got a story up at eftm.com.au. Got a problem, got a question, got a need to have a chat about anything technology in your life, jump on the phone, 1-800-157-157, or you can go to the website, eftm.com.au, as Susan did. G'day, Susan. Oh, hello, Trevor. What can I do for um, you? I was, just, um, I was just wondering if you might be able to help me. I've got an iPhone 5S, and I live on the Central Coast, and we don't get AM radio stations here, mm. so I listen to Sydney radio stations Via, um, I st- via tuning radio. Right. Yep. And and when I get in my car, I, I listen to to it in my car as well. I listen to it all the time at home, and I listen to it in my car. How much but data have you got on your iPhone? On your phone? Beg your pardon. How much data do you have on your plan? I've got two point three, but I use a lot of Wi-Fi at home. I don't, okay. I don't travel in the car a lot. Right. Okay. Um, but sometimes I get into the into the car and I'm driving along and. I press the media button and I think, oh, I haven't 
put the app on on my phone. Yeah, you haven't actually turned. You haven't actually initiated the stream before you switch onto the media I, part. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then so I'm sort of thinking, oh, I, I can't pick it up through the AM. So I press the media button. It doesn't work very well. Mm. So um, I sort of have to wait till I stop. That I, then I can use the phone. And I was just wondering, um, sometimes when you get into a, in your car and you've got music on your music player, mm. uh, it automatically picks that up. And you want to get in your car and just have the phone act as your radio station every time. That's right, yes. So the good news is and the bad possible? news. The good news and the bad news. Good news is it's possible. Bad news yes. is it's not possible for you. <laughs> the, oh, okay. What sort of car have you got, Susan? I've got um, a 2000, um, 2013 Mitsubishi Lancer. So the problem is, uh, in your next car, you'll probably be mm. perfectly fine. So Apple have a thing called CarPlay. I don't know if you've seen or heard about it, but it's a, it's an in-car entertainment system. And I've got it, I got it installed in my old Mazda. It's just a, a new head unit I got put in. But in new cars, they're actually selling new cars with it built in. And what happens, it doesn't automatically start the stream, but when you plug your phone in, the, the buttons on the screen, it all becomes basically an Apple device, your, your car. And there's right. a button for tuning radio. And you could choose TuneIn Radio that way by using the the screen that's in the car that's legal to use, and yes. you could tune into any radio station. The problem with getting in a car and having it just work is what I find, because I get in and out of cars a lot, is I find that if I've just been listening to music and I connect with Bluetooth and uh, I hit the media button, it will automatically yes. pick up the music I was just listening to. But if it's been an hour or half an hour or more, it, it, it won't automatically start playing the music. So that's the challenge that you've got, I think. Oh, I see. So actually what I've, I've done is I don't have any music on there, um, hoping that it would pick up the radio. But yeah. it, 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 still, it still won't because TuneIn is... Apple will... The device will always try and use your default music. It, it will just always try and use its, its built-in music. Right. Um, and TuneIn doesn't doesn't have the ability to push itself over the top of that. So unfortunately, until you can get a car with Apple CarPlay or you can yes. afford to have Apple CarPlay retrofitted to your car, um, you're not going to have the satisfaction that you want, unfortunately. All right, then. Okay, well, thank you very much for answering my inquiry. Thank you for listening to 2UE, Susan. Thank you very much. Oh, if, I, uh, mm-hmm. if I use the 2UE app, would that make a difference or no? No, won't make any difference. No. No, okay. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Trevor, for your time. Good on you, Susan. Thanks for getting in touch. And if you've got a question, a problem, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology, just jump on the phone, 1-800-157-157, or throw yourself over to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, or you just want to chat about anything technology, jump on the phone or the website. G'day, Sally Ann. Uh, yeah, it's just a... A follow-up, we installed an upgrade on Mm. Mac to El Capitan. Mm. What sort of Mac have you got? um, Well, my husband has an iMac and I have a MacBook Pro. You're all in in that household, aren't you? (laughs) That's not counting everything else. (laughs) And um, we just found that it took our mail off. It took... um, My husband had another application, which is compatible with Mac. Um, It destroyed all that backup. It... Yeah, it was just really um, printers weren't working, and when we spoke to Mac, no, they said no, nothing. Don't know anything about it. Um, Who do you call when you say you spoke to Mac? Is, are you calling an Apple store, an what? Apple reseller? What sort of help? Yeah, one? Apple store. Yeah, right. 
And, yeah. and do they just say, um, sorry, not our problem, or do they say we don't know about oh, no, it? No, they were helpful, but they yeah. said they weren't aware of it. Right. And, uh, but, well, you know, you only have to look at the net to see that people and forums, people are having problems with it. Did they give you um, any advice in terms of um, ways to move forward? Not really. I had to get in where with Telstra. I had to get in touch with Telstra to get our mail working again. And then I found that if we shut the um, everything down the next day it all reverted back again so we had to restart oh, really? it. Oh really? And how long ago did you do the upgrade? Um, Probably about 10 days ago. Wow. And how's oh. it settling down for you? Um, well it's okay now. It seems to be alright. I was just putting my MacBook Pro to sleep at night because um, I didn't want to go through everything again. Mm. Um, but no it seems to be okay. We spoke to Mac again and they said, well, you really need to redo all your drivers and all this. But, and that was when they did recognise. And I said, well, you know, everyone's saying that this isn't anything to do with El Capitan. And they said, well, yes. El Capitan as such, there's nothing wrong with it. But the upgrade, there is. So what sort of drivers are you talking about? Like printers? Is there oh, other, other devices? And all the mail. And um, my, we use um, I, I bank. Um, it was, um, and we, and the reason we updated was because we wanted to update to our bank five, and um, we had El Capitan to install that. What does so, iBank do? And then when we went back to um, the next day, if all the updates in iBank went there. What does what does iBank do? Um, well, they're in the states, so you really can't talk to them. <laughs> no, but what, sorry, I just I've never heard of it before. What sort of what oh, sort I, of app is it? It's um, like Quicken. We used to use Quicken when we had oh, right. Microsoft. Yeah, um, and it's you know it's compatible. It's a you know, financial control type thing. And um, but I've got to say, we did get um, some help in, and they did restore quite a bit of stuff for us. Because we have got to on back up. So it was just frustration, but then certain files did go missing again, and so they came back and they recovered them. So the last three, four days, everything seems to be stable. And who, who did you get in to help? I often wonder, it's tough for people, you know, uh, computer help is a lot harder to find than a plumber. Um, well, we got in Geeks to You. Perfect. Yeah, well, I've heard 99% great things about Geeks to You, so yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Disappeared the next day. We rang them back, and they said that's fine. Um, they actually sent someone out again, and it all seems to have settled down. So whether it's just teething problems or not, but it's mm-hmm. just that thing where you just—I just spent two days on the like on helplines and things like that, which is a bit boring. I could better things. Frustrating, of course, but uh, I guess in a year from now you won't probably look back on it and remember too much about it. But yeah, it I is. Think it'll be- and that's why I was just wondering whether you were aware of anything. Look, I'm not, and I've done, I've done the upgrade on my, I've got a couple oh. of Macs and, and haven't had any major issues. But to be honest, I live very much in the cloud. So I can pretty much turn on any computer and just log into Google, you know, and, and it kind of all it just works. So yeah. I've not had to, had to look at software and, and other compatibilities. So it is interesting to hear that. And I wonder whether anyone else has had that, that experience. Well, but, that's true. We've been sort of advised not to really put a whole lot of stuff on the cloud. Because we do have a hard drive backup, so yeah, I, I got to say it's um, it's a very refreshing thing to to know that if if the world ended right <clears throat> on, on this computer here in front of me, I could just reach for another one and I could keep working. Um, 
You know, my yeah. wife, for example, works from home uh, several days a week uh, writing and researching for, for a website. And she said to me last night she had to go babysitting around the corner. And uh, she said, I need to take a laptop. And I gave her a little uh, Telstra hotspot and a laptop so she didn't have to rely on the people's internet. And she had her own laptop. And all she needed to do was just open it and use her Google account. And, and it was all kind of there for her. And I, I kinda, it kind of made me realize that that's the great thing about the cloud is that it, it is there for you now. Of course, there's security issues around the cloud, but I'm not suggesting you you don't have local backups. I've got all of our photos here on hard drives, but they're also in the cloud, so that you've got the best yeah. of both worlds. So it is it's not a bad thing to move to. And I, I wonder whether iBank, for example, uh, are looking at having any of that kind of technology so that it's not uh, saved on I, the computer. Would back it up to the cloud? I don't know. I just yeah, I'm sort of still a bit dubious about the well not dubious I know mm. it works but I'm just not confident to totally and I, and I think what you need to do is, is find that confidence um, through the same thing you've done with those problems you, you, you crowdsourced you researched you found out that a lot of people had had those problems with the upgrade right so I would encourage you to, to, do, to wait for that same confidence with any of those things so I know nothing about iBank but if they were to say tomorrow great news we're sinking all your data to the cloud uh, mm. you, you could say mm, I might just hold off and wait and then you wait five six months and you look at how people have responded to that and if everyone's positive um, yeah. you know great thing to sign up to because then next time you want to wipe the computer or get a new computer you just turn it on log in and everything's working for you transfer it over yeah. yeah so take your time thinking about that over the next few months but uh it'll also help you kind of just be ready for the next because there's always going to be problems with computers aren't there unfortunately oh. <laughs> it's not a uh it's not a smooth every now and oh. then there's a there's a there's a 1998 sydney to hobart and it's it's more difficult right so you just gotta just gotta be ready for those times i think Sort of, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't want things going wrong just so long as you can get a bit of support and sort of bit of guidance to it. Well, if you have any further problems with it, um, I want you to, I'm going to, I'll reply to your email so you've got my details. If you have any further problems, I want you to let me know because I will get Apple to, an Apple genius to, to get directly in touch with you. But it sounds like you're, you're kind of at that point where it's, it's, it's wait and see and hopefully it's all good from here. So do you have any recommendation on, sort of familiarising yourself or becoming confident in using the cloud as to is it best to get a reference book, is it best to do a course, you know? I think personally I'm I'm a use it and learn it kind of guy. Um, I don't think there's anyone that could write a book that explains it. Uh, The first thing I would do is, is, is email. Um, it's a it's a really common problem I have with people who have an issue with email because they're using Telstra, Optus, Ionet, or someone for their email. What Telstra should be is your connection to the internet and nothing else. Because then if you have uh, a Gmail account or an Outlook account, you're, A, if you change service providers and get a better deal, you're not you're not linked to your email account and you're not going to stay there for that reason. So I would encourage you over the course of time to migrate yourself to a new email account that is cloud-based because that'll give you that immediacy of, of learning that it's you could be on any computer, you can use any device, and it's there for you. And I think that'll give you that initial trust and confidence in the cloud if you use a Google or a Microsoft cloud solution for email. We do have... Um I am an iCloud email address, but we don't use it. We still use the See, and see, so you know what I say? I, I wouldn't use iCloud. I don't think it's the best. E- not because it's not not worse, but it's just not the best email okay. solution out there. In my view, Google is the best email solution out there. Um, that's Gmail, is it? Gmail, yes. And, and the thing with Gmail is you can set it up. People wouldn't know that my email address is, is at trevorlong.com, but they wouldn't know I'm just using Gmail. 
because you can you can incorporate your own domain name into it and all these kind of things. Okay. But oh, it gives you it gives you a, a whole new level of confidence knowing that doesn't matter what software, doesn't matter what computer, I can just be on as long as there's a web browser and an internet connection, I'm in my mail. And that is so good. And then you just start to add to it. So you start using it for file storage. So I've got a folder, for example, in my Google Drive is what they call it, which is called Documents. And I've got a, a scanned copy of my license, my passport, and a few other things there. So when someone emails me and says, yeah, we need your passport because I travel a bit, I could just, boom, it's there. I don't even need to do anything. I just attach it. That's the type of thing I'd like to do is just have everything there. Very, very useful. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, I mean, okay, have hard copy somewhere, but wherever that is, I don't know. So, so here's my advice: I'll leave you with: don't yep. go all in on it. Right? Take your time. So, mm-hmm. if if you were to say, as of tomorrow, we're not using Big Pond, we're going to use Gmail, I'd be nervous for you because you've got a lot to learn. So, what I'd like you to do is 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 set up a Gmail account and start to use it with a with a collected group, and then slowly migrate yourself to it after you understand how it works because it's always going to be different. Um, and then just slowly become familiar with different things like their mail, then their file storage and things like that, and you'll start to get an appreciation for how it works in your tech life. Mm, okay, terrific. Good on you, sally and Good luck. I'm glad it's all slowly worked out for you, and let me know if you have any more problems. Thanks for your help. Thanks, Trevor. Good on you. And if you've got a question, a problem, a comment about anything technology in your life, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Episode 316, thanks to the good folk at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and Netgear's Arlo Smart Home Security System. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, just get in touch. G'day, Veronica. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Good. What can I do for you? Oh, I just um, wrote into you and uh, just a comment on what you were talking with Stephen about last week, uh, Apple, no problems. Ah, oh, the recall, yes. Easy peasy, yeah. How yeah, many adapters did you have? Pardon? How many adapters did you have? Uh, only, um, I had two. Okay. Two adapters, yeah. yeah. And I, um, I have fourth generation iPod and a 4S. Yeah, so, right, yeah. So um, I tried first on the internet and uh, I couldn't work out the Air website. It was just a bit frustrating. So I made a genius appointment. To go into to the Apple store. store. Yeah. So I made a special trip into the Apple store and just got a bit of indifference from the, the person who tried to check me in. She basically sent me home to make a phone call. Hang on. So you, you had made an appointment via their yep. very nifty system, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's very clear when the, when the appointments are and you walk in and there's... 10.45, yes. I had it confirmed on my phone and my... I turned up. My, bi- my biggest gripe in. with the Apple Store is you kind of don't know what to do when you walk in with, with when you have purpose. It's all right to just walk in and have a look around, but if you walk in wanting to buy a Mac, uh, you actually don't know who to speak to because you could stand there and they go, then they get someone else. And if you've got a genius appointment, you kind of just got to walk down the center of the store and hope that the person who's meant to be the greeter is the one that says, how can I help you? So, so well, 10.45, yeah. and what do they say to you? Um, she just said that uh, you don't need to have an appointment for that. You go home and call Apple Care, and it'll all be fixed. And I said, pardon? And she said, yep, that's... And I said, but I've got a 10.45 appointment. And she said, that's okay, I'll cancel that and just go home and call Apple Care. Wow. Said, but, uh, um, and then I was sort of a bit confused, so I wandered off, and I thought, well, I was having problems on the computer anyway, so... But then by the time the line had gotten long again and I didn't want to stand back in line to speak to this girl who just 
flipped me off. Well, she didn't flip me off. She just, you know, was pleasant but indifferent about the fact that I'd come in especially to talk about this recall. Right. Well, that is strange. I mean, as I said, I've uh, I've heard a lot of good things, but that's a very strange thing. Maybe they were just a I bit over it. With yeah, right. With, you know, I've gotten some very, very good help, but I've gotten some very strange uh, responses from them. Mm. And, you know, I, as I said, I, I don't know whether it's just my age, but um, <laughs> I just expect more, but uh, I was certainly expecting more that day. But that said, when I came back, I still couldn't get onto the computer with my um, Apple, uh, so I called the Apple Care, like she suggested. Yeah. <laughs> And he was so helpful, and right. I learned. Oh, he taught he taught me something new that I didn't know because I was using Internet Explorer. My web page for the Apple page that I needed, the um, support page, wasn't showing properly. It right. wasn't, so it wasn't allowing me. And he logged into my computer and told me to get onto Google Chrome and do the same thing again there. And it worked, so I didn't realise that. So he taught me something there. There you go. You live and learn. You got something in the end, but uh, oh, you're right. Not 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 the perfect experience, as 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 always. No, it was yeah. a bit, it's a bit disappointing. As I said, I've had it before from the Apple Store, and I'm thinking, you know, I tend to pick uh, my times when I go in there. The, the website's usually so easy to navigate. I don't need to. Mm, mm. But all right. Well, good feedback. Very interesting to hear, and uh, thank you as always for sharing it, Veronica. That's okay. I just heard you last week, and I thought, well, I just want to give you my opinion on that. Damn <laughs> straight. Damn straight. Good on you, and uh, thanks, as always, for listening. All right. Thanks, Trevor. And if you've got a question, problem, comment, whatever it is, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. And that's a wrap for episode 316. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It's uh, greatly appreciated if you can jump on Twitter and follow me at Trevor Long. Uh, you can also follow at Your Tech Life for tech news and info. Um, you can jump on iTunes, send us a review, a rating, or whatever you like. Um, it's always great to hear from people. It's, I just say, say that regularly because it is. And I know the regular listeners do keep in touch, and that is wonderful. But um, if you're new, if you've just experienced the show for the first time, I'll hold my breath and I look forward to your review. Just 140 characters on Twitter or... Send me a detailed email via the website eftm.com.au. Whatever it is, whatever it's like, I don't mind. It's good feedback. It's good to have it. And it's just good to know you're out there. I know you're there because I see the numbers. But it's good to know, you know, who you're real, you know, and whatnot. Thanks for listening. Uh, Back again next week. And then we're in Barcelona the week after for Mobile World Congress. Um, You won't know this because the timeline of the download and stuff. But I'll be on the Today Show tomorrow morning talking about the Telstra drama. And on Thursday night on A Current Affair... Haven't we got some great cracking mobile deals coming for you? So stay tuned for that. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back again next week on Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.